Before we start the show, I wanted to just address something that's kind of funny. So you might have noticed that we have had inconsistent sound on the Southpaw podcast and just wanted to explain that, you know, we're ultimately we're meatheads. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have the mic facing backwards or <laughs> facing away from us. You know, it's uh, this this is doing a podcast is kind of difficult, right? It's hard stuff. Don't judge us. So if you hear, you know, weird sound, just laugh because uh, it's not technical difficulties as in equipment malfunction. It's just human malfunction. We, we probably have the mic facing the wrong way, you know, so it's just another thing that adds character to the show. And actually, it's, it's a, a case for why we need a producer. So if more of you support the show, you know, and then and then we can, you know, hire a producer and then we wouldn't have to be such amateur hour and they could kind of rein us in and, you know, make sure that, hey, you got the mic facing the right way. OK, please give us money. This is Sam. This is Paul, and this is Southpaw. So we're going to do a fight study breakdown of UFC Fight Night 146, Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos. The result was a win by JDS in round two by KO TKO. And it wasn't a stacked card. So we're only going to break down the main event. So let's first start with Lewis. In general, Lewis is a pretty low volume striker. Lewis actually averages about half of what JDS does per round as far as significant strikes. And Lewis absorbs about the same amount as he puts out. So for every one punch he hits you, he takes a punch as well. So that means winning a decision is very, very difficult for Derek Lewis. He's won by decision only once in the UFC. And that was in a fight with Francis Ngannou where nothing happened. Lewis just happened to do a little more than nothing. So Lewis has a limited style where he has to basically, he has to win by knockout. So when Lewis predicts a knockout, that's the only prediction he can give because that's the only way he can win. And he's not a tremendous striker as far as skill. He doesn't have great footwork or defense, nor does he faint. He just hits super fucking hard and is really durable. And he has KO power until the last second. So with this limited style, how does his trainer, Bob Perez, get Lewis to win? You play to your strengths. So the ability to game plan for specific opponents is limited because you're limited in what Lewis can do. So overall, you get Lewis to do what he naturally does, but try to expose opportunities to beat a more varied opponent. So this fight was a good study in what you can do and how far you can actually go with a limited style. Like if you're creative with your limited style, you can do pretty well. JDS has the speed advantage over Lewis. A lot of fighters have the speed advantage over Lewis. So how can Lewis overcome that? By doing what he did. 
backing up, luring JDS to attack first. This gives Derek Lewis time to counter, and he found early success with the counter right hook every time JDS lunged in. Lewis also used his longer reach by kicking JDS. So, since Lewis is the longer fighter, he was able to throw kicks without setup, what is called a naked kick. And it was pretty safe for him to do it because JDS couldn't reach him, whereas when JDS tried to throw naked kicks, Lewis could counter. You also don't expect kicks from a body like Derek Lewis, so that takes opponents by surprise. So what Lewis has done in the past and also in this fight pretty well was to bait JDS to kick him back. He would throw some kicks and JDS would be like, oh, I could kick better than you. And so when JDS, with his shorter reach, would engage with naked kicks, Lewis would use that opportunity to counter JDS. And when Lewis felt too pressured, he would come forward with jumping roundhouse kicks to back JDS up. He's done that previously as well. But even as Lewis was countering well, he was still eating shots. So basically, the fight was mirroring Derek Lewis's normal fights. Because as I mentioned, he hits his opponents about the same amount of time he gets hit. But this time, you're doing this with one of the hardest hitters in the UFC in JDS. It was the same problem he had against Mark Hunt. Now, in a previous fight, what Travis Brown exposed was that Lewis had poor defense to the body. Lewis has poor defense in general, but especially to the body. And other fighters have exposed Lewis's poor defense to the legs. Now, Lewis, for his part, has created an answer to leg kicks, which was his right hook. So he knows he's vulnerable to the legs, especially because his knees kind of cave inward. So he kind of almost baits you to kick the legs, and then he'll really lean forward. He really kind of exposes his own face when he counters, but he'll reach for you and counter you with the right hook. So then after a couple right hooks, his opponents become afraid to leg kick anymore. And that's kind of what happened with JDS as well. But what's his answer to the body? He still hasn't figured that out yet. He just kind of eats it. And also you play a dangerous game when you constantly back up to counter, just as Tyron Woodley discovered against Usman. Because against the cage, you have limited movement. And being already a slow, limited fighter, it's even worse for Derek Lewis. Except, he always has that bomb of a right hand as a threat. So after a while, Lewis became too predictable. Walked back and circled the same way. And it's not like a quick circling, it's just more of a plotting. Which JDS took advantage of with a back kick. Also, JDS was figuring out that Lewis just had that one exact same counter over and over again. And even though JDS was landing, he was getting countered on the exit. So after hurting him to the body in round one, JDS changed his exit strategy after throwing the long right. And also, Lewis was so worried about his body, he was a second too slow on his defense and counter anyway. And if you're that hurt against JDS, the finish is academic. So Lewis was doing a lot of things right with his limited style. But he hits a wall when he fights guys who can take his punch, who also have more variety in their attacks. But even getting hurt to the body, he almost KO'd JDS. So he always has that nuclear option. But that also reveals something helpful and harmful about Derek Lewis. Something that even the commentators picked up on. When he got hit to the body and he was hurt, the commentators were wondering, is he faking it? But he wasn't. But what does that tell us? That if he were to add some more feints, or just feints at all, 
his nuclear right hand could be that much more effective. When you have a limited fighter, highlight what you got. Learn to disguise it better. And add just a bit more variety to keep your opponent guessing. A great fighter for Derek Lewis to emulate would be Deontay Wilder, where he also has that nuclear right hand. But over time, Deontay has also learned to highlight that more with other setups. So for the listener, if you want to see what other options or how Derek Lewis can fight, just watch Deontay Wilder, watch some of his clips, and he could implement a lot of that. At this point, though, I don't see an overall change in Lewis's game. He's basically who he is. But he can still add a few more tricks, like he added the kicks. Perhaps he can add a jab. Even if it isn't a great jab, even if it's not that committed, it's still something to measure your opponent with and gives opponents something to think about other than your right hand. And also maybe some shoulder feints and add a little bit more defense, do some more cardio. Because one thing that Lewis has exposed in his fights is that he has a bad back, but it also seems like he has a weak core, which the two might be related. Sometimes the bad back makes your core weaker. So he might have some kind of, you know, physical therapy problem that we're not aware of, especially because in between the rounds, you heard Perez saying that he would stop the fight if he doesn't end it in round two. Maybe Perez is aware of some health issues of Derek Lewis that we're not privy to. However, at heavyweight, you don't need to be a pound for pound great. You can have a limited style, but so long as you're durable and have KO power, if you can set up that KO power well, you can win a hell of a lot of fights. Paul, what did you want to add about Junior Dos Santos? Junior entered this fight on a two-fight win streak, and previous to that, he was alternating wins and losses since 2012. Overall, he's 6-4 and four in his last 10 fights. So as a general observation about Junior Dos Santos, much like you said about Derek Lewis, Sam, is that he's essentially a finished product with the little tweaks and tricks added here and there. There are certain things about Junior that he does very well, but I also want to cover things that he seems to have built as a habit over the years. One of them is that he will constantly keep his lead arm low, and it makes it quicker to throw jabs to the body, but he sacrifices a lot of defensive positions to do so. This was evident when he threw his power strikes, especially the overhand right. It cracked Lewis hard, but when he went for a follow-up, Lewis countered quickly with his own rights that caught JDS clean and caused him to disengage. It's a bad habit of Junior and it's been there for a while. If you look at his past fights against Kane and Stipe, the last two of Kane's and both of Stipe's respectively, it was still there and it surfaced again with Lewis. Now, this goes back to when JDS first started in Brazil and even now at American Top Team. He still has these habits that carry over, and it might have been from boxing and his original gym. He was the biggest guy, so he might have built a habit where I could take these punches and I can get away with certain defensive flaws because there's no way these lightweights and welterweights are going to hurt me. But against heavyweights, it's a bad idea because not only are you going to get cracked, you're going to get hurt. And instead of favoring feints and doubling up or tripling up on jabs, Junior Dos Santos seems to favor the classic karate-style pinwheel movements with his hands. You see him as staples of guys like Fedor, Machida, Stephen Thompson, and Robert Whittaker. 
surprisingly, he didn't throw as many hooks against Lewis, although he has in the past as a counter. And it's a neat tool that you can access whenever you want guys to move away from your power hand as another added threat. Now, as you mentioned, Sam, Junior will also throw kicks naked, and it was a response to Derek Lewis. The problem with doing this without setups is that it works when you're inviting a person to throw hands so you can get into exchanges. It's dangerous with another power striker like Lewis because you're always risking getting knocked out. And he has to reach. Absolutely. So if your habit is, I'm going to throw this because I want to get into a striking exchange, if the other guy has longer reach than you, it's a terrible idea. In addition to this or compounding this, it's the fact that Junior can't seem to withdraw his legs quickly enough to get into proper defensive positions for exchanging counter-strikes. We saw this twice in round one, when right after, it gave Derek Lewis one of his biggest punches in the fights, and it actually resulted in a knockdown. Now, there are shades of Scott Smith versus Pete Sell, when the moment Derek Lewis got hit to the stomach, he immediately crouched down, JDS threw a kick, and if Lewis hadn't had his right hand caught in Junior's legs, he might have knocked him out clean. But luckily for JDS, it only resulted in a knockdown, but it caused him to disengage and go backwards. In the second round, he did it again, meaning Junior Dos Santos threw another kick, and he almost slipped and gave Lewis his back. Now, if it was another hulking wrestler like a Kane or a Stipe, that might have resulted in the end, similar to how Chris Weidman threw that ill-advised kick against Luke Rockhold, and it resulted in him getting pounded out. And speaking of giving up his back, Junior Dos Santos' spinning back kick wasn't bad, and it's pretty quick for a heavyweight. He can time it pretty well, and it was even more evident against a fighter that's slow as Lewis. And it works well when you get guys to back up and then move right into it. It reminded me a lot of when GSP threw it against Matt Hughes in their first fight. And he can probably do it as an added threat to get fighters moving into the direction that he wants. Now, speaking of which, despite having good forward pressure, like he did against Lewis, he doesn't throw a lot of feints, and we still aren't sure how he's going to react when he's the one being pressured. Because he has that nasty habit of backing up and not circling out until it's too late and he gets pushed against the fence. It's to be seen if a future opponent who likes that pressure game and who could work the clinch would give him trouble. Even though Junior has gotten better at attacking and circling out, it's still going to be a problem area. And when he gets caught up close range, Junior will prefer to use head movements to evade strikes as opposed to moving laterally and backwards. It can cost you in terms of timing, and it caused JDS to eat a couple of strikes from Lewis. Now, Junior still has a fairly good chin, given the fact that he's been knocked out a couple times. But it's not a strategy that he should use going forward. Now, speaking of what went well and what Junior does excellently, his signature move, I would say, is jabs and straights to the body, like he did against Lewis and Kane when he knocked him out the first time is to get you thinking about strikes to the body. So eventually, when he moves forward, you drop your hands and you can deliver that bomb of an overhand right. 
And he does this against everybody. And because he varies his attacks and not a lot of people have a good answer for strikes to their core, he gets away with it a lot. And the problem with that, I notice, is the moment he throws his overhand right, he'll stay static for a second or two. And sometimes that's all you need. When Junior missed with that, it gave Lewis an opportunity to counter. We saw that in the first round where he got time for an uppercut. And against fighters where he might miss, or if he gets baited into throwing that right hand, he's going to get countered because he's definitely not in a position to retreat or defend himself quickly. And unlike the Diaz brothers or a crafty combination striker like Masvidal, Junior won't throw even feints to the body. It's either all or nothing. Similar to how you see boxers who will throw power jabs, who are throwing it with bad intentions. He doesn't do it just to get you to react. He'll throw it enough times so that you do react, but it won't be enough. Now, that overhand right is still devastating enough for fighters to be worried about it at all times. But it's not enough of a threat for fighters who are varied in their striking game and who can make reads on it. It's too early to say if Junior Dos Santos is quote-unquote back. And defensively, I still don't know if those same flaws that he had against Overeem, Stipe, and Kane are still there. However, with all that being said, the heavyweight landscape isn't very robust, and it's a place you can conceivably have a longer career than any other division. You look at the current champion, Daniel Cormier, and he's in his 40s. You look at the other list of contenders coming up, and... An exciting matchup with Francis could make for fireworks, or it could be another dud. But the fact that Junior doesn't seem to cover up as well after he throws those strikes means there's a 50-50 chance of somebody getting knocked out. Now, after Cormier retires, Junior Dos Santos has, I don't know if I'm being generous, a 20-25% chance of being champion again, depending on if he gets matched up with Stipe in the near future. But... He can make for another few exciting fights. But overall, let JDS go on a revenge tour and see how well he does. And depending on those results, give him another title shot, I guess. Yeah, the heavyweight landscape is so bad that if you just can stick around for long enough, either the fighters who have beaten you will retire and be gone, or they themselves are so diminished that by the next time you fight them, you could beat them a la Tito Ortiz Chuck Liddell. So... So Junior, if you could just stay durable enough and just kind of have longevity long enough and just wait, if he fights somebody like Overeem again, maybe the next time around Overeem is too diminished or Overeem is already gone. Kane looks like possibly too diminished, then maybe he could beat him this time around. And I could see the heavyweight title being locked up because of Brock and he could fight for an interim title. And right now with Stipe sitting out, out of all those people I named... (laughs) Who can who can beat JDS? So it like I like we discussed in the last podcast where we discussed Anthony Smith and John Jones. So much about being the best fighter or the champion at any specific time isn't always about your skill set. It's also just as much about the timing of when your championship run starts. Meaning maybe you're in this weird pocket where there isn't a lot of good opponents. Or maybe you're in a division that's not very good and you're pretty okay. I want to see what John Jones at heavyweight would look like. 
I actually was going to say I'd like to see JDS versus John Jones. How do you think that one goes? I could see it going something similar to when John Jones fought Glover Teixeira, but I could also see JDS being big enough and durable enough to be able to take John Jones's best punches and also not get muscled around as easily uh, by John Jones. And then I just want to see how does John Jones react when he's fighting somebody who's one of the top three hardest hitters in the UFC. As far as skill set wise, John Jones has way more variety and skills than Junior, but it is an opponent that John Jones stylistically has never fought, meaning somebody who's heavyweight and who's one of the hardest hitting heavyweights and who could both punch and kick and move around the ring pretty well. Like as far as movement and striking goes, he's much better than Anthony Smith. So it could maybe also go like Gustafson versus John Jones one, except in JDS, you have a bigger, stronger and harder hitting opponent. I do wonder if there's something in the training room that we're not seeing of John Jones and how he deals with guys that are much bigger and stronger. I'm thinking similar to a scenario like Mighty Mouse, where at flyweight, he looks amazing. He looks untouchable. But at bantamweight, when he faced guys like Dominic Cruz and people similar to his size, he looked kind of normal and he looked like he can be beaten. The old rumors about John Jones, though, was that when it was like Andre Orlovsky was there or Overeem or all those guys, that John Jones would still smash them in training. So I think John Jones actually could do well in heavyweight, but I think he also at light heavyweight has never been hit like super, super hard. Like even Gustafson hit him, Machida hit him, but because of his reach, they barely were able to reach him when they hit him. So a lot of the steam of their punches were gone. Whereas at heavyweight, I think a lot of it is the mystery for John Jones. Like, can he take a heavyweight punch like flush head on? I think John Jones can. But what I know about John Jones and his ability to cheat is he cheats also out of insecurity. So I think maybe that's his biggest thing is he's not going up to heavyweight yet because he's not quite sure if he can handle those punches. My opinion is he probably can. And once he gets out of the first round, then his confidence will go up. And then we'll really have a John Jones fight. Now, does that mean he'll win the heavyweight title if he fights Daniel Cormier? Probably. But uh, yeah, I want to see how he deals with some of the really hard hitters in the UFC, in particular JDS. It's like you said, why give yourself room for error when you can sway all the odds in your favor? And there's a reason why John Jones will only fight Daniel Cormier for a third time at light heavyweight as opposed to heavyweight because, yeah, he has a better than average shot of beating Daniel Cormier again for the third fight. But at heavyweight, when Daniel Cormier doesn't have to cut and he has that power, can he eat some of those strikes? I don't know. But I'd say we might be in for a John Jones light heavyweight domination for a while because he might be content just staying lower and just picking apart challengers as they come along and cementing his legacy that way. And sometimes people ask, like, why would somebody as good as John Jones cheat? And it's like, why would Bill Belichick, as good as the Patriots are, cheat? And it's because there's a certain mindset where, like Paul was alluding to, it's not good enough that you're 98% likely to win. They want to make sure it's 100%. And John Jones at heavyweight doesn't have that 100% anymore. Maybe it's like at 95% domination rate. But the way he is, his... He only wants to play 
if he knows for sure he's going to win. He's that kid. He's the same kid. This is a true story who used to snitch on other kids for smoking marijuana. He's that kid still. He's the same kid that when he fought in the UFC and was beating the shit out of Matt Hamill, he dropped an illegal elbow just because he wanted to make sure I'm going to beat this guy in every way possible. He's the same guy that threw two illegal leg strikes against Anthony Smith, even though he was dominating the fight, because it's not enough for him to dominate. He needs to make sure that it's 100% guaranteed. And that means also cheating. So yeah, I want, I, I, I want to see how John Jones takes the JDS punch. I'm not saying JDS will win. I would actually still put John Jones as the favorite, but you know, it's, it's, it's a fun matchup that would actually, in my mind, make for a more exciting fight than some of the other John Jones matchups that you could possibly have at heavyweight, including Daniel Cormier. So with that said, later folks. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>